bedroom, she saw the naked young man who had mounted her mother from behind. He was holding her mother's breasts in his hands and humping her on all fours, like a dog. But it was neither the violence nor the repugnance of the sexual act that caused Ruth to scream. The four-year-old didn't know that she was witnessing a sexual act, nor did the young man's and her mother's activity strike Ruth as entirely unpleasant. In fact, Ruth was relieved to see that her mother was not throwing up. And it wasn't the young man's nakedness that caused Ruth to scream. She had seen her father and her mother naked. Nakedness was not hidden among the coals. It was the young man himself who made Ruth scream, because she was certain he was one of her dead brothers. He looked so much like Thomas, the confident one, that Ruth Cole believed she had seen a ghost. A four-year-old scream is a piercing sound. Ruth was astonished at the speed with which her mother's young lover dismounted. Indeed, he removed himself from both the woman and her bed with such a combination of panic and zeal that he appeared to be propelled. It was almost as if a cannonball or an object of equal force had dislodged him. He fell over the night table and, in an effort to conceal his nakedness, removed the lampshade from the broken bedside lamp. As such, he seemed a less menacing sort of ghost than Ruth had first judged him to be. Furthermore, now that Ruth took a closer look at him, she recognized him. He was the boy who occupied the most distant guest room, the boy who drove her father's car, the boy who worked for her daddy, her mommy had said. Once or twice the boy had driven Ruth and her babysitter to the beach. That summer Ruth had three different nannies. Each of them had commented on how pale the boy was. But Ruth's mother had told her that some people just didn't like the sun. The child had never before seen the boy without his clothes, of course. Yet Ruth was certain that the young man's name was Eddie and that he wasn't a ghost. Nevertheless, the four-year-old screamed again. Her mother, still on all fours on her bed, looked characteristically unsurprised. She merely viewed her daughter with an expression of discouragement that was edged with despair. Before Ruth could cry out a third time, her mother said, Don't scream, honey. It's just Eddie and me. Go back to bed. Ruth Cole did as she was told, once more passing those photographs, more ghostly seeming now than her mother's fallen ghost of a lover. Eddie, while attempting to hide himself with the lampshade, had been oblivious to the fact that the lampshade, being open at both ends, afforded Ruth an unobstructed view of his diminishing penis. At four, Ruth was too young to ever remember Eddie or his penis with the greatest detail. But he would remember her. Thirty-six years later, when he was fifty-two and Ruth was forty, this ill-fated young man would fall in love with Ruth Cole. Yet not even then would he regret having fucked Ruth's mother. Alas, that would be Eddie's problem. This is Ruth's story.
that her parents had expected her to be a third son was not the reason Ruth Cole became a writer. A more likely source of her imagination was that she grew up in a house where the photographs of her dead brothers were a stronger presence than any presence she detected in either her mother or father, and that after her mother abandoned her and her father and took with her almost all the photos of her lost sons, Ruth would wonder why her father left the picture hooks stuck in the bare walls. The picture hooks were part of the reason she became a writer, because, for years after her mother left, Ruth would try to remember which of the photographs had hung from which of the hooks. And, failing to recall the actual pictures of her perished brothers to her satisfaction, Ruth began to invent all the captured moments in their short lives, which she had missed. That Thomas and Timothy were killed before she was born was another part of the reason Ruth Cole became a writer. From her earliest memory, she was forced to imagine them. It was one of those automobile accidents involving teenagers that, in the aftermath, revealed that both boys had been good kids, and that neither of them had been drinking. Worst of all, to the endless torment of their parents, the coincidence of Thomas and Timothy being in the front seat of that car at that exact time, and in that specific place, was the result of an altogether avoidable quarrel between the boy's mother and father. The poor parents would relive the tragic results of their trivial argument for the rest of their lives. Later, Ruth was told that she was conceived in a well-intentioned but passionless act. Ruth's parents were mistaken to even imagine that their sons were replaceable, nor did they pause to consider that the new baby who would bear the burden of their impossible expectations might be a girl. That Ruth Cole would grow up to be that rare combination of a well-respected literary novelist and an internationally best-selling author is not as remarkable as the fact that she managed to grow up at all. Those handsome young men in the photographs had stolen most of her mother's affection. However, her mother's rejection was more bearable to Ruth than growing up in the shadow of the coldness that passed between her parents. Ted Cole, a best-selling author and illustrator of books for children, was a handsome man who was better at writing and drawing for children than he was at the daily responsibilities of fatherhood. And until Ruth was four and a half, while Ted Cole was not always drunk, he frequently drank too much. It's also true that while Ted was not a womanizer every waking minute, at no time in his life was he ever entirely not a womanizer. Granted, this made him more unreliable with women than he was with children. Ted had ended up writing for children by default. His literary debut was an overpraised adult novel of an indisputably literary sort. The two novels that followed aren't worth mentioning, except to say that no one, especially Ted Cole's publisher, had expressed any noticeable interest in a fourth novel, which was never written. Instead, Ted wrote his first children's book. 
called The Mouse Crawling Between the Walls. It was very nearly not published. At first glance, it appeared to be one of those children's books that are of dubious appeal to parents and remain memorable to children only because children remember being frightened. At least Thomas and Timothy were frightened by the mouse crawling between the walls when Ted first told them the story. By the time Ted told it to Ruth, the mouse crawling between the walls had already frightened about nine or ten million children in more than thirty languages around the world. Like her dead brothers, Ruth grew up on her father's stories. They were the stories Ted Cole told to Thomas and Timothy and to Ruth. When Ruth first read them in a book, she sensed a violation of her privacy. She'd imagined that her father had created these stories for her alone. Later, she would wonder if her dead brothers had felt that their privacy had been similarly invaded. Regarding Ruth's mother, Marion Cole was a beautiful woman. She was also a good mother, at least until Ruth was born. And until the deaths of her beloved sons, she was a loyal and faithful wife, despite her husband's countless infidelities. But after the accident that took her boys away, Marion became a different woman, distant and cold. Because of her apparent indifference to her daughter, Marion was relatively easy for Ruth to reject. It would be harder for Ruth to recognize what was flawed about her father. It would also take a lot longer for her to come to this recognition, and by then it would be too late for Ruth to turn completely against him. Ted had charmed her. Ted charmed almost everyone up to a certain age.